0: But when that balance turns to zero, if it is a credit card, your credit score is going up also. Because again, balances on credit cards, dependent upon what your limit to balance ratio is, the closer those balances are to zero, the higher your score becomes. So now, in essence, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're getting out of debt and you're effectively raising your credit score faster.
1: So here's the real mystery. How do regular folks like you and me, who have families and real lives, who have careers and regular nine to fives, really fare in the personal finance game? Why are some hugely successful while others fail miserably time and time again? Those are the glaring questions and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios.
2: All right, and welcome to another episode of Empower You Financial with Evo Palacios. My name is Charles McGill. So excited to be talking to you guys today, but before I get started, gotta make sure the credit boss, AKA credit coach is in the building. Ms. Evo Palacios, are you in the house?
0: What's up? I sure am.
2: Hey, yeah, so once again, meeting before the meeting, we was (laughs) having some good laughs uh, before we got on.
1: Yes, Um, like always.
2: like always, and Eva, you know, I just wanna say, you know, live on the on the on the radio, no <laughs> live on the podcast. Thank you so much for uh helping me out last night. Um I I talked to y'all, you know, I talked to Eva late last night. I was having a <laughs> hard time with some things and <laughs> had to had to get some things off my chest. And so I really appreciate I was, you listening. I was
0: your phone a friend. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, and I appreciate that. Cause honestly I felt so much better. Like I physically was feeling like Ill,
1: um,
2: stressed out. But after talking to you, I felt a lot better. And I'm, it was funny because when I went downstairs, my wife actually noticed it. She's like, Whoa, hold on. She said, You look different. She's like, Are you? What happened? I was like, Well, I just talked what to you.
0: What y'all talking like, about up there? I'm
2: like, well, I'm glad you felt better because she's like, Man, because it was weighing on you. I was like, Yeah, I had to get that off my chest. So I appreciate Gosh. that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're
0: welcome. Of course. Yeah. It, and it's so crazy because I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you felt that and John C. can see it's weighing you down, but imagine all the people who don't even have anybody to talk to like that. Yeah. So first off, I appreciate you for just even opening up because some, some situations can be very difficult to talk about. And the more those situations remain on your shoulders, the more they eat you up inside. And then what? Now yeah. we get a different Charles. That's Whole right. different vibe. We don't need that
2: guy. <laughs> we don't need that guy. Absolutely. No, exactly. And, you know, and so, I mean, I think that it was cool too, because you can relate, you know, to what I was talking about. And, yeah. um, you know, we have similar challenges and it's good to, you know, talk some of those things through. And, um, you know, so anyway, but before we get into, because actually this is reminding me of, of what I talked to you about today, yes. uh, but I, I don't want to get right into it. They want to kind of <laughs> check in on you. Um, how are you doing?
0: Good, good, um I'm a little torn, like I am so looking forward to finishing this fast, but then I'm not, so oh, yeah, I know, but I, I I literally put up my Facebook the other day, I'm like, guys, stop posting your steaks and fried chicken that is not <laughs> helping me,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but um, no, but I'm definitely loving how I feel i i i I feel amazing, and so I think that. When, when I'm officially finished with this fast that I'm probably not gonna like be the carnivore that I used to be. Mm. <laughs> maybe okay. I'll just probably do like, you know, meat or, you know, the, the other types of foods, maybe once or twice a week and okay. not just go like full, full blown. So we'll see, we'll see. But I am looking forward to like, Eating a big, fat, juicy steak soon.
2: All right, there you go. (laughs) Got to celebrate the achievement. And
0: and like I hear things are opened, right? Can we go to restaurants now?
2: Uh, I heard something like that. I'm not sure that was that happened already, or that was. I think so.
0: I I don't know. I do know that the salons are open, like to do hair and nails. Oh, Oh, because I need a a cut. (laughs) (laughs) They're open for sure because I see them all over Facebook. Um. I don't see anybody posting selfies in restaurants, though. Other than in Sacramento, Sacramento, mm. I think has always been like, like lifted for a while compared yeah. to where we're at. But I am looking forward to yes, eating yeah. well, a they got good, some good meal outside. Pretty good
2: restaurants in Sacramento. Have you? I know. No. Have you ventured down no. downtown? Oh, I man. am so
0: not a venture. I need to.
2: Oh, we should do that.
0: I know we should.
2: Yeah, like we for should. the
0: billionth time.
2: I know we always keep saying that, right? <laughs> But no, no, for real. Like my wife's a foodie kinda, so that that would really
0: I'm a foodie. Will's Will will special. He like, super simple, but he's he's a meat and potatoes. So like wherever oh, we go, okay. as long as there's chicken or steak, he's good.
2: Oh, okay. Cause my wife is like big on seafood. She loves Me
0: too. See? Oh, okay. Like me and John see, we gotta hang out because Will, no seafood. <laughs> no. So
2: I I'm okay with it. I, I I end up eating eating ordering like the fried shrimp, which is not really like.
0: <laughs> will won't even do that. Oh, really? I like it tastes like chicken. Stop <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I keep it simple. Like, my wife is always trying to like you know crack the crab leg and give it oh, to me. And I'm yes. like, I, I will. I'll <gasps> taste it. I'll, be, you know, I eat it, but it's not like my thing. I think the only time that it's been like she she introduced me to a, a, a crab boil. So she crab she went,
0: feed. That's she does what that. I so missed last year. I yeah. missed the crab feeds. We we I won't. So I would go. Mm-hmm. Will would stay back. He would come for like the after party. Mm. But yes, give me a crab feed and I will tear it up.
2: Yeah. So she <laughs> makes that with the potatoes and the corn and what? all that, and she does this like lemon butter, uh, oh, dip that yeah no it's so anytime she's done that I've enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed that. I don't <gasps> that that's been special. See, I haven't
0: done all that. Like, they have those, those, like, restaurants. Like, I don't even know what they're called, but they have those restaurants where, like, they line your table with, like, plastic. Yes. And then everybody's just eating with their hands. I've been to, I don't,
2: for some reason, I don't like it at a restaurant. Like, I've been, we've done it a couple of times and each time, C throws down, I just go get the fried shrimp. I don't want it. I don't know why. But when she when she when she does it at the house, it's something different. I don't know why. Aww, it's um, me would love. Yeah, it just I, it works for me at the house, but not at the restaurant. I don't know. I think because they have like spicy stuff. I don't know. I'm not really into the spice. Um, yeah. But yeah. So 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 anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's cool. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you are uh you know coming to an end with that not to not to say it like that but m- more so that you that you've achieved my it. Like, kids are like
0: mom is it time yet eat. can we go eat <laughs> foods we got food like you swear we're not like we starving yeah they're like mom it's not the same
2: not the same we need we need regular food um <laughs> uh, well that's cool well yeah. okay so um Let's go ahead and transition uh, for the folks that are, that are listening that want to hear a podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I was talking about earlier today, or earlier on the podcast, when we were talking about kind of like this weight, you know, having this weight on you. Yeah. Um, it kind of made me think once again about, you know, personal finance. And, you know, I'm always kind of trying to figure out how to relate, you know, what we go through in life to the things that we handle in our personal finance because they're they are also connected oftentimes, right? Yes. And so like the, kind of the burden that I had Um, And it was on my shoulder and it was kind of eating at me and making me feel bad and just like, you know, yucky. And and I didn't know how to really deal with it. It kind of made me um, think about debt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Debt
0: will do that to you. Yeah, debt kind of does the same stuff to
2: you, right? It kind of lingers. It's it's heavy on your your shoulders. shoulders. (laughs) Making you feel all types of ways, making you queasy and, you know, it makes you... You know, doesn't go away doesn't go away just because you know time like you, you got to deal yeah. with it and that's so i was feeling all these things emotionally and it kind of made me think about debt and so you know i want to talk to you a little bit about debt today and kind of like you know how do you you know for the for the you know lack of a better phrase how do you settle the debt right how do you like so for for example with me you know through your counseling and us talking i was able to kind of settle my feelings and settle my emotion my my, my stomach started feeling better you know <laughs> <laughs> so, try to apply the same kind of you know analogy to debt, like how do you best settle debt and and I really want to paint this picture for you because there's a lot of people out here who you know we 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 carry lots of different debt for different reasons, right, right. whether it be a car loan, uh, home loan, student loans, you know we got personal loans, we got uh credit card debt. Uh, yep. for various reasons, for various things, you know, a lot of, we got a lot of stuff oftentimes on our plate, right. Um, that right. we're carrying, that we're doing, that we're handling. And oftentimes it seems like in order for us to get to that next step, that next level, right. Uh, for like, for me, for my road to home ownership, for those, you know, who, who know, like I'm, I'm a student of uh, empower you just like you guys are. I'm getting help from Eva. So I'm, I'm, I am I want to be one of the 25 that she talks about. Sure. <laughs> um, But, you know, my road requires that I get rid of some debt, right? And, right. Um, and so, you know, Eva's helped me with the best way to do that. So I'm, I wanted to kind of open it up to you, Eva. Like when you're approaching this, helping someone out, what are the things that you're looking at, you know, to kind of think about and how do you approach kind of the conversation around debt?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I mean, at the end of the day, I always start all of my a- any time I meet with people, I always ask them what are their goals? What do they desire to have, what keeps them up at night So you know a, a lot majority of people 's goals is home ownership they 're tired of renting they 're tired of paying somebody else 's mortgage when it can be their own um, A lot of people are also. You know, the desire of the homeownership, but they also know that they do have a lot of debt. So they think, <clears throat> they think I have too much debt. I will never become a homeowner. And then you've got those that are like, I'm just sick and tired of paying these guys. Like I've been paying them for years. It just doesn't seem to go away. Like what it, what can I do to make this like... Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Mm-hmm. So I always start my my, my conversations with, yeah, w- what are your goals and what keeps you up at night? So at the end of the day, yeah, majority of the reason why people can't advance or, or take that next step to their most desired goal is usually because there's a roadblock. And usually the roadblock is debt, whether it's, yeah. you know, credit card debt, store cards, maybe these credit cards, you know, got really bad and they ended up in collections. And now you've got these mean evil collectors calling them, being nasty, trying to intimidate them to pay. And now they're scared. Now they don't even pick up the phone because they don't even want to deal with that person because that person is getting paid to collect. So they're not being nice about it.
2: Yeah. Thank God for, uh, iPhones, uh, uh, <laughs> <a> block feature. <laughs> you know, that was, that was a godsend, uh, man. With the, the anonymous phone calls, like if you don't know the number, you can just send them straight to voicemail.
0: And okay, so I still get those crazy phone numbers, though. I be getting, like, letters in the phone number now. Oh, you do? <laughs> do you, you don't see those? No,
2: I, was, I know.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I be getting, like, VX300799. Like, it's a crazy number. What? And I'm like, I will screenshot it and I'll post it to social maybe, media. Maybe day. that's
2: for people with 800 scores. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't get... <laughs> They're not getting me. Uh, and I
0: don't want to answer it because I feel if I answer it, then it's going to, like, Give somebody an alert that says, oh, yeah, we can always call this number. Yeah, no. So
2: the trick is so like, okay, so, you know, hey, I've been getting those calls, right? I've gotten those calls before. I know I know what it's like. Right. So sometimes what you do, what you do, if you ever end up like accidentally calling them back or tapping the number at any point, then you're telling the iPhone. That it's okay. It's like, okay, right? Yeah. So then oh. their number will come through, Same. or they'll just the ring will come through. But as long as you don't answer, or ever kind of call them back or whatever, it just goes straight. That's just been my experience. Okay. Obviously, I'm not right. Okay, let me just disclaimer. <laughs> I'm not suggesting in <laughs> order empower you, suggesting that you avoid <laughs> your your debtors. I'm just saying that I can relate. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's yeah. all.
0: <laughs> it's not even debtors. I don't got debtors calling me. I got these Uh, social security people trying to steal my identity.
2: I know you don't, but I'm just saying I do.
0: No, but it's true. (laughs) I mean, but but and and then you and then there are services that are out there that will change the phone number to a local area code number. So you think it's like like somebody you know because it's in your area code and then that's how they get you.
2: Well, that's so my trick is once again it's any (laughs) number. If I don't know you if I if your name ain't in my, <laughs> I ain't you're
0: not in my contacts and I don't see it. your name, you ain't getting answered. It ain't, ain't
2: happening. So that's that's just what it is. Leave a voicemail or text me if you know what's good, and then that's right? it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that is so funny. But technology these days, yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. so okay, so there's tons of different tech <laughs> uh, out there. Uh, and you, so you're saying basically. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm now I'm like, I'm like just thinking about what I just said. Anyway,
0: how to hide from your creditors.
2: Like, <laughs> I don't want to give that no, advice.
0: No, right? we are that's, empowering people.
2: That's right. Deal with Take it. Take charge. No. Let's go. And that's what we're let's, doing. Let's
0: handle these guys. Let's you learn to. how to beat them at their own game.
2: Yes. And that's the thing you've taught me to do. Yes. Um, and so that's what we've been doing. Uh, which has been, which has been great. Uh, so w- one thing I want to, let's go slow into this because I want people to really kind of understand the breakdown of how, you know, you you kind of get into the space of settling the debt, right? So first, um, um, when you're getting the calls and you're getting those different things, or or, or let's just say your goal is just to kind of like, to manage it differently, right? To, to, re- to reduce it, right? Because now you're like, I need to get a home. And and one thing that people often miss when they're trying to get a home is that um, debt-to-income ratio, right? Yes. You you may actually have a good credit score. You may actually have the money down.
0: You may have a 700 plus, but the numbers ain't right. The other that's, numbers ain't right.
2: That's right. That debt-to-income mm-hmm. ratio is looking crazy, so they're not trying to risk it.
0: Right. Um,
2: so talk to us a little bit about that, like the debt-to-income ratio that help people understand... What exactly that is, and why that's such a big deal when it when it comes to 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 leveraging or to to leveling up um, and getting getting more credit.
0: Absolutely. So, debt to income ratio is how much income you have coming in minus all of your monthly debt obligations. So minus the car payment, minus the credit card payments, minus the personal loan payments. So whatever monthly payment is appearing on your credit report, that's what the lender is looking at. And basically it's telling the lender, okay, here's what's coming in minus all of these obligations that you have. Do you have enough money left over to continue to borrow more money? And that's how they basically decide whether or not it's a risk for them to lend you any more money. So strategically, yeah, you want to be sure that you are planning your finances in a certain way so that on paper, it looks like you have the lowest amount of monthly payments going out so that you can qualify to do other bigger and better things later.
2: Yeah cuz and and I noticed too like sometimes people say well I'm not even you know that that loan is deferred or this is I'm not even really paying on this and that even though it shows on my report yeah. but how to, how to but you're saying the creditors are like like listen it says that you owe this it says this is your monthly obligation so based on our math you know you you may be earning 5 grand but you spending 4800 so you nice. only got $200 <laughs> Yeah <laughs> that's that's what they're saying
0: Yeah Exactly okay. exactly okay.
2: and so the only way to, to get so so how okay so how do you get the, it to be different how do you get them to see a different number uh, or maybe a number that more closely matches what you may actually have to spend
0: right so so I this is what I do for for our own financial situation on purpose um, for those of you who have been following me and who have listened on previous podcasts you know that we just refinanced our mortgage on purpose whenever we take out a mortgage loan, we only do the payment for principal and interest only. In other words, we don't include property taxes or insurance. We don't have the mortgage lendo escrow the loan. Why? Because If you include things like property taxes and insurance, that total monthly mortgage payment now appears on your credit report. Therefore, yes, that is a payment you're going to make regardless. But if you're just doing principal and interest only, you have a lower payment on your credit report on quote, quote, paper than you truly do in the, the vision in the eyes of the lenders. Got and right. that's huge because our principal and interest mortgage payment is 1700 bucks versus if we would have add property taxes and insurance in there it would have been like 2800 bucks. Wow. So that right there is kind of like a little life hack, finance hack. Yeah. Yes. Like you got to get good at knowing how these financial institutions operate so you know how to win the game.
2: Wow. So that 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 made a lot of sense right there because that I think, you know, there's definitely a hack, right? Because you're saying, yeah. hey, I'm going to appear to have less of a monthly obligation than I actually do so that yeah. I can leverage that to potentially, you know, get more instead of fighting with them and arguing with them and saying, no, I got the money. I got it. No, that that's not really, you know, you're trying to argue what's on the report. They're like, listen, I don't care about all that. It says right. here that you you know you ain't got no money. That's what it says.
0: <laughs> exactly, and right. and and also know that financial institutions they're not going to let you borrow one hundred percent of what's available. There's a percentage. So even though you make X in income and your payments are X, they will only lend to you a certain percentage of your income. So you could very well say, but no, I've got an extra fifteen hundred dollars extra per month, they may be like, well, in our calculations, you only have an extra $500 Hmm. because they're not going to let you max out on all of your expenses.
2: Or or even like, you know, like, and I think this is going to your point too about keeping things separate, because I can imagine that there's some situations where people are on loans, their name are on loans that they don't actually pay for. Like maybe, you know, like there's a car that they have, but somebody else actually pays for it. They're trying to explain to their lender. Yeah, I know that car payment is $500 a month, but I don't pay that at all. Like they go, my cousin pays that. They're like, that to me, they don't, they don't care about that. They're like, no, it says you're obligated for this. So that's right.
0: So they're going to count it in debt to income ratio. Now, there are some lenders that don't count it. There are some lenders that will hear your story. There are some lenders that would allow you to sign an official document stating, you know, you don't pay this bill. Or some lenders will be like, okay, well, if you're not paying this car payment, who is and I need to see proof of payments like from their bank account paying the payment to the creditor? Wow. So that's that's another thing, another life financial hack number two is if you do have loans in your name that you are not responsible for because it's technically somebody else's car, let's say, then make sure that person is making the car payment out of their own bank account. Because if the person, let's just say mom and son, the loan is in mom's name but son's the one who technically is paying it. If son's giving mom the money and mom is paying the payment out of her bank account, then it looks like she's paying the car payment. Mm-hmm. That's not going to fly. Mm. Son has to pay the payment out of his account to then show proof that he's really the one managing those payments.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay, so so now we so we we've got the structure or, or, or a little bit of the foundation. It's like okay, we we understand that the debt on our credit report is communicating to these institutions our overall debt, and they're looking at our debt to income ratio, yes. and they're based on that they're judging us in addition to our score, our credit score, and all that. Yep. Um. So what what are some ways like? So, let's say that you know, okay, debt is an issue. Like, let's just say you know it's a challenge and the solution is we got to get rid of the debt. Like we got to get it down. Yes. Uh, well, 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 Before I say that, what are some situations where that is the recommendation? Where you, where you say, can you tell us some examples of situations where you're like, hey, the only way you're really out of this is to get out of debt?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Another perfect example is let's say you've got you know a bunch of credit cards. Let's say I don't know you got five credit cards or ten credit cards. You know all of those monthly payments obviously add up to something, right? They give you a grand total. You know another strategy is to consolidate that debt. You know when you have ten credit cards with ten different payments and ten interest rates, generally speaking the combination of those 10 payments is going to be more than if all of that debt was rolled into some type of consolidation. Maybe it's a loan because when it's a loan at a fixed rate at one payment, that payment is generally a whole lot less than the credit cards.
2: So, you know, I've, I've heard of those kind of debt consolidation things, but I also have heard that those aren't necessarily great for your credit. Like people have said things like, well, you know, if that appears, if a consolidation appears in your credit, you're signaling like that you're struggling and that, you know, it could kind of actually mess up your score. Tell us, tell us any oh. some uh, things, some things about that. I'm sure yeah. you said
0: that. Oh, absolutely. And and this is, again, where you got to definitely know what you're doing and be well informed on your options because there are different ways to consolidate debt. You know, the term consolidation just basically means bring together. You got 10 credit cards. Going from 10 accounts to one account means to consolidate. But it's how you consolidate that could either benefit the situation and put you in a better situation or could potentially hurt you. So let's talk about the best way to consolidate so that one, it's helping you out financially, meaning it's lowering your overall outgoing debt payment. And two, it's actually going to help credit report wise. And I actually love this because I just had a session this week where Thank goodness the person that I talked to was well-informed of her options and she consolidated in the most perfect way possible. So Mm. let's talk about that. Um, She had five credit cards. All five credit cards were maxed out. We're not talking crazy thousands. I mean, it was like 200 here, 500 here, a thousand here, but she was maxed out. When you carry high balances on your credit cards that are at their credit limits, your score is a lower number. So fact number one. Number two, those five payments overall were, I want to say was about $450. So $450 on credit card payments. She went to her own credit union and took out a personal loan. Took out a personal loan. I don't know the exact terms, like how long, but long story short, she now has one loan payment. That loan payment was now $200 instead of 450 So there's a $250 savings, aka less debt to income ratio. And because the credit cards now are reporting a zero balance, that raised her credit scores. She kept the accounts open. Thank goodness, because people will instruct you close out your credit cards after you consolidate. You don't want to get back into that ugly situation again. Closing credit cards will be detrimental to your credit score. This is where, again, you have to be very disciplined. If you're going to consolidate because you are sick and tired of all of these payments and all of these interest rates and never getting out of debt, and you consolidate by taking out a loan to pay them off, you have to be disciplined. Cut the cards off, stick them in the drawer, leave the accounts open so credit score-wise they still contribute to the score. Therefore, allowing you to have a higher score. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she basically went from five monthly payments, five different due dates, five levels of interest rates, paying 450 to now one payment, one interest rate, saving $250 a month, saving a whole bunch more interest across time. Now her credit score is higher and she's saving money.
2: Credit score is higher, saving money, and now she can leverage the higher credit score to get more credit and do different things.
0: And guess what the next option is after that? What's that? Refinance the house. Mm. Because her scores were so low, she wouldn't qualify for a lower interest rate on the mortgage. But by doing this strategically, her score is higher which, right now, she's at a 4.5 or 4.75. Now that her credit score is 700 and above, she can qualify for today's rate, 2.875. Wow. Which, in turn, is going to free up more cash flow because her payment's wow. going to drop. And she's saving money in interest. I think I did the math for her. I believe it was $160,000 across time in interest. Wow. Yes. Now she wasn't even thinking refinance the mortgage because she just did this and she was just happy to get out of five payments and have a higher credit score. But after we go through everything again, what are your goals? What do you desire? What's keeping you up at night? And one thing that's keeping her up at night is she needs to do some repairs in her house because there's things that are falling apart. But She's thinking, well, I'm never going to be able to do these repairs because I don't have enough money extra in my cash flow to borrow more money to make the repairs happen. Wow! But baby step number one, consolidating, freed up 250 bucks, raised credit score. Everything works well. She refinances the mortgage. She can pull some equity out, do the repairs and still end up with a lower mortgage payment. Now saving even more money.
2: Wow. So you're basically saying that through her um, you know getting some coaching around how to 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 manage her debt better to, yep. and get it out the way in terms of it being a barrier she was able to to give herself a raise without uh, getting a raise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without doing any more work, extra <laughs> hard work.
2: Yeah, more money per month. Yeah. Without necessarily working more hours or getting or getting a raise. Exactly. Um, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Um, that's the best way to consolidate is by taking out a personal loan if you can do so. Or some people tap into the equity in their home. Okay. Do a line of credit or...
2: Let's say you're someone who doesn't have a home to leverage. Um, So let's say you're just someone who's like, hey, I just got these whole bunch of credit cards and I don't know what to do with them. Like, how's the best way to start to pay down what I currently have? using maybe, let's say I have an extra $100 a month. What is the best way to do that? Um, you know, let's say I'm, I'm sacrificing my um, Starbucks habit, whatever, right? Let's say I, I decide to sacrifice something and I know like I can free up. Cut off Netflix. Up, well, <laughs> I, I could uh, free up another $50 or $100 a month, right? Yeah. So what do I do with that? And, and I'm asking because I've heard different, um, you know, theories out there. Like some people say, well, look at your, the, int, the credit card with the highest interest and pay that one off first Right, and then use the money you were paying per month on that one to, to apply it to the next one. And then kind of just do this trickle down where you keep basically, you know, every payment that you were making once it's paid off, continue to make the payment, but make it on another card and then you'll pay off all of them eventually. So what do you, right. have you heard of it, have that? Yes.
0: Yes. A lot of financial experts will always tell you pay the higher interest rate card first. Why? Because that's costing you the most money. Me, on the other hand, I'm a little bit different. I am results driven, and majority of the um, the majority of the world are also results driven. What does that mean? People want to see their money actually make a dent. And sometimes when you put extra money towards higher interest rate accounts, you don't really see that balance move as quickly. Yes, you're saving interest across time, but people want to see things happen today. They want to see happen yesterday. So I recommend putting the extra money on the lowest balance first. Why? Because the moment you pay that lowest balance first off, Then you take, let's just pretend you have an extra $100 and that credit card payment is normally $50. So now you're paying $150 to the lowest balance. As soon as that balance gets paid off, you take the same $150 and you put it on the next lowest balance and so forth. And that, my friends, is called the snowball effect, where you keep the payment the same You pay things off and you roll all of that monthly payment to the next until eventually everything is
1: paid off. Hey, quick break here your victories. Just search "empower you financial" in Facebook and join our free private group. Oh, and be sure to invite a friend.
2: Yeah, I've heard that. I just, I think so that the approach of the lowest balance is, is new. I, I haven't heard that one yet, but I, yeah. I heard the the one, um, you know, with the highest interest. But
0: that's and, and here's another reason why I like paying the lowest balance first because not only Are you freeing up more cash flow? Because now that that balance is zero, that 150 is going to the next account. But when that balance turns to zero, if it is a credit card, your credit score is going up also. Because again, balances on credit cards, dependent upon what your limit to balance ratio is. The closer those balances are to zero, the higher your score becomes. So now, in essence, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're getting out of debt and you're effectively raising your credit score faster.
2: Mm, which which actually may be more advantageous than necessarily paying less interest, so to speak. Like, yeah, I yeah, see what you're saying. Because so you can... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you can quickly uh, pay down a few cards and start to boost your score, you know, depending on kind of where you are on your score, you may be able to leverage the higher score to do some other things while you're still, yeah, while you're still paying down the debt. That makes sense. Yes.
0: Yes. So let's just pretend, let's pretend your credit cards are maxed out and your credit score is at a 600, you know, 620 is where good credit starts, but let's say it's at a 600 and you have all these credit cards that are maxed out. You pay off one balance completely, score is going to go up. Pay off the next balance, score is going to go up some more. You keep paying off balances until your score is a good looking number to then take out a loan to consolidate the rest. Now, numbers look even better in your favor.
2: Even better. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I I don't know that people think that strategically about how to approach it, but that sounds like a really cool really cool plan so tell oh, also yeah. talk to me else about like something else too because uh, considering debt because sometimes situations are you know because all I think we've been talking about active accounts we've been talking about accounts that you know you're currently paying monthly on anyway and they're not in collections or anything like that right. talk to me about some of those accounts that are in collections that you know we first talked talked about those phone calls um, yeah. you know like where they're like hey you know hey I need my money and you're not paying on it you haven't been paying on it um, you want to pay on it eventually. Right. Um, yeah. but you know, or you
0: know, you got to take care of it in order to, to do what you want to do, the bigger things you want to get in life.
2: Exactly. Right. You are, mm-hmm. you're trying to avoid getting sued or something. Like, you know what I mean? You know what yes. you have to deal with it. Um, how do you approach that? Because, you know, you've been able to, and I mean, just be full transparency. You've been able to help me, um, save me a whole, actually a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so, you know, how how do you approach that for someone who may have some some debts that are, you know, that are a little old and you know, for whatever reason, you know, life happened. And there's no judgment yeah. here, you know, because I'm, I'm not a bad person. And just for you guys nope. listen, I hope you guys don't think that I, <laughs> I'm someone who wants to take care of all my debt. It's just, you know, some things happen. Yeah. Um and a certain, you know, um that, that made me made it so that it was it was difficult. And we got behind and uh to the point where, you know, we we had to make the choice of do we pay our rent or do we pay this debt? And, right. Uh, rent one. Uh, so <laughs>
0: roof over our head, food on the table, <laughs> on the lights table. on, That's they right. getting my money first.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So all that yeah. one first. Um, Absolutely. So now, you know, we're coming out of that, uh, kind of, well, yeah, kind of coming out of it, but you know, it's entrepreneurship is difficult, but I'm yeah. talking about for those people who are, you know, in that situation where they're like, Hey, I got some extra money now. I'm starting to come out of things are looking better. I want to start, you know, taking care of these responsibilities. Um, how is the best way to approach it? Because, you know, I was thinking like, man, I'm gonna have to pay all this back. Uh, right. Man, this is going to take forever. You were like, mm,
0: actually, <laughs> actually, you got to learn how to play the game.
2: Yeah. So talk talk to us a little <laughs> bit about how how to approach settling some of that collection debt.
0: Yeah. So so first and foremost, if there are unpaid negative balances, things like collections or charged off accounts that are on your credit report, first and foremost, as long as they're there with an unpaid balance, they will always weigh down the score. No matter how many new accounts you open trying to build credit, as long as there are unpaid balances, it's going to lower your score. So you basically have two choices. Option number one, wait seven years until you can get it deleted and hope you don't need to do nothing for the next seven years. Or option number two is to deal with these creditors one-on-one. Now, there's a couple of things that you want to consider. Number one, yeah, how old is this debt? There are laws that protect the creditors, that protect the credit reports. And then there are laws that protect you as a consumer too. First and foremost, disclosure, I am no attorney. Seek legal consult. But I do know that you can research things like the statute of limitations on debt collections in your state. Because here's what happens, guys. A creditor has a certain amount of time to legally collect on this debt. Meaning, for example, in California, statute of limitations on consumer debt. We're talking credit cards, store cards, personal loans, that type of stuff. Nothing to do with state or government stuff. That's a whole nother ballgame. But for the consumer debt in California, the statute of limitations is four years. What does this mean? This means that if you have not made a single payment in four years to these creditors, technically, they cannot sue you to then garnish your wages, to then Dip into bank accounts and take money forcefully out of you. Now, they can certainly call you all they want. They can say they're going to sue you. Put it this way if you just so happened to get served a summons saying you got to go to court for this creditor and you know you haven't made a payment in four years, you better show up to that court date, let the judge know, Judge, statute of limitations has expired, have the creditor show you where I've paid them in the last four years. Judge will kick it out of court because their statute of limitations has expired. Mm. Now, if you don't go to court, creditor automatically wins. So tip number one, don't ignore the mail. Keep tabs on things. Keep your records. Don't put your head in the sand and just think it's going to go away. But most importantly, when you know these types of things, like if you haven't made a payment in four years in California, But you still have three more years because the seven year applies for credit reporting. Then you want to get really good with, okay, I want to buy a house, but this collection is preventing my score from increasing. Shoot, some lenders won't, they don't even care if your credit score is high. If they see a certain collection account or a dollar amount in collections, they won't approve the loan. So it's not always about credit score. It's about what you're trying to do. But long story short guys, these bills that have been with these collection agencies for years have tacked on so many fees and interest that you can negotiate a settlement. What does that mean? That means let's just pretend the bill is 500 bucks and the account has been there for a couple of years. You call that creditor or that collector up and first of all, be sincere. Be, how should I say, kind of begging, like, let's be real. Mm. Right now, they're winning. How are they winning? They're on your credit report. They're hurting your score. So we want to do whatever we can do to make that situation better. If you call your creditor talking about, I don't owe this money. Take me off my credit report. You are not going to get anywhere doing that. But if you call the creditor, hey, ABC Collections, I know I owe you $500. I'm in the process of applying for housing. My housing counselor won't approve me. I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to ask my family to help me because I need to put my my family in a house. Is there any way we can settle this out for 200 bucks? When you come at them with a hardship situation, or maybe you just lost your job due to COVID, who knows? But if you come at them with a hardship and a a sincere tone, they are more likely to help you. Hmm. Now, you propose 200 bucks, they may say, okay, sure, we'll take it. Or they may say, you know what, hold on, like, let me, let me ask my manager. Mm-hmm. They're doing some calculations, making sure, like, okay, is 200 good or can we do 300 They may come back and rebuttal. But what's most important to know that if you are going to settle anything, number one, you got to get it in writing. Sometimes these collectors are sending you collection letters with settlement offers on them, but you're not even opening the mail so you don't even know. So I tell my clients, let's check the mail. Like, have you gotten anything? And some people show me stacks of mail. Let's open them up right now. Let's see now, what open- they're offering.
2: Oh, man. that's a- I told you that story about my dad in the mail, right?
0: Yeah. He just shred them. He didn't even open them. It,
2: they shred. No, we didn't shred nothing. We threw it away. Oh, throw it away. <laughs> but yeah, you're saying, look at it. Look at it.
0: Look at them. Because let's just pretend if that, if that bill is 500 bucks, but they're sending you a settlement for 200, mm. but you don't open the mail and you mm. propose 350, oh. they just made an extra $150 off of you. Like, they're willing to you. take 200. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the older that debt is, the easier it becomes to negotiate those dollar amounts. Mm. So know that you don't always have to pay everything back 100%. Why? Because nine times out of 10, it's inflated with fees. They just want to make whatever amount they can make that costs them. Because remember, these collectors, they purchase the debt from the original creditor. So the original creditor has been done, donezo paid off. Mm-hmm. The collector bought it at pennies at a dollar. Pennies, you know, th- they bought it cheaper. Yeah. So the question is, I mean, they're not going to tell you what they bought it for. The question is, is propose a lower dollar amount? They take it. Great. If they rebuttal with something a little bit higher, and you got the money, take it. If not, if if let's just say what they re- maybe they say, heck, no, we ain't settling. We want five hundred bucks. Say, okay, well, you know what? Let me talk to my family and see what I can do, and hang up. Yeah. Called him another time. Next one in line, do the same thing mm-hmm. until your credit score gets higher and higher. Because as soon as those balances turn to zero, it raises your credit scores.
2: So let me ask you, because because okay, so just a little bit of a breakdown. Because I I I've heard that so when the creditors, um, like say you know you, you haven't paid. Let's say you you have a five thousand dollar credit card that oh. max, maxed out and you didn't pay it. Mm-hmm. They um, end up at some point, from what I understand. Like writing it off, like like it's like almost like it's an insurance thing. Like they, like they just pretty much say, okay, I'm not going to get this debt, so I'm going to sell it to someone else yep. for pennies on the dollar or whatever. Like just a lower amount. So let's say five thousand. They'll say, okay, we'll sell it to this debt collection agency for fifteen hundred. Yep. Um, and so they take on the debt, the responsibility of collecting it, and they get some money. But from what I understand it, those those banks often, you know, they, they're not they're not just gonna lose money. So they have like insurances and different things in place yep. to protect them pretty much to cover the full amount so that they're not losing really anything.
0: Yep. Or but they then, write it off for tax purposes. Or
2: they write off a tax purpose. So either way, they're yep. it's not a true loss for them, right? Yep. And then the the debt collector buys it and they're like, okay, it was fifteen hundred is what I paid, but I'm gonna try to get uh three thousand from them so i can at least or double my money or they may say 5 or just, yeah i think they're going to probably initially say 5 yeah. but if you say something like well you know what i will pay 3000 they're still like oh it's cool i just doubled my money yep right so they win and yep. then you get you you feel good because you're like hey i paid less than the the, the 5000 i owed yeah. and then that gets settled and then, and everyone pretty much walks away from that you know it's settled it's it's yeah. it's so uh, the reason why i'm saying that is because I've heard some people say, and I I realize that some people may be like, you know what, actually, you know, I want to make sure that if I owed 5,000, I want to pay the 5,000 because that's that's the kind of person I want to, I don't want to settle this thing. I want to make sure. And also, you know, some creditors have said things like, well, you know, if it says settlement on your report and not paid in full, those are two different distinctions. And one affects your score more than the other. Like, it's better to say paid in full, like you did the honorable thing of paying the entire debt versus uh, paying a lesser amount. Um, What do you have to say about those things, about like how it's reported? Because like I said, I I remember people are like, some people are like, no, I got to make sure I pay all of this in full. And yeah, so what are your thoughts around that?
0: If you were going to pay things off in full, I would negotiate what's called a pay for delete. XYZ collections, I'm going to pay you in full, but if I pay you in full, will you delete it from my credit report? Mm. Most collection agencies will delete the account if you pay them in full. Why? Because they want as much money out of you. And if you're willing to do it, then they're going to kind of return the favor. Now, by law, do they have to delete it? No. By law, they have to report accurate information. If the accurate information is paid in full zero balance, that's all they would have to report. But I always coach my clients, ask for the extra icing on the cake. If I pay you in full, will you delete it? Nine times out of 10, they will delete it for you.
2: So why is it important for them to delete it?
0: So here's the thing. If the account is completely deleted from the credit report, It no longer factors into that mathematical formula, therefore no longer affects the credit score. Number one. Number two, when you're doing bigger and better things, buying houses, buying real estate, you got to qualify in different ways. Credit score is one of them. But another one is, dependent upon how much money you're trying to borrow for real estate or high-level transactions you have special people in the loan departments that will actually go through the credit report details. And if they see too many collections at one point, even though you've settled or paid them in full, they're still going to pass
1: judgment. Mm.
0: They're still going to say, okay, well, one point in time, you had 10 accounts in collections that either you settled or you paid in full. But the fact that they ever got to collections when that happened, I don't know if I can trust you 100% with the money I'm about to let you borrow. Mm. So if it's deleted, it's like it never happened. Okay. Nobody can pass judgment.
2: Got it. So that's some of the advantage of, and it, it sounds like you can't really leverage that or negotiate that if you're trying to pay half of the, 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 the balance.
0: Correct. Correct. However, every application is different. Every lender is different. Have I had students purchase homes with paid collections or settled collections on the report? Yes. So at the end of the day, I always coach my students. I'm here to give them all the available options. The question is, is financially, what are they able to do now? Mm. If you're eight, if you can only afford X amount of dollars, then the best recommendation is to settle. And as long as the balance is zero, even if it reads settlement, it's still going to raise your score. If your score is so high, now, now let's back up. Just because you settle accounts don't mean you're going to have a crazy 700 score. There's a lot of other factors that need to come into play. However, getting rid of majority of the negatives will allow that score to become a higher number. So again, it's all about strategy. How many balances do we have to settle? How many should be paid in full? You know, in order to get the score going up within a certain time frame, can this happen in 30 days or is it gonna take me a year? There's a lot of moving parts. But long story short, at the end of the day, zero, the credit score is looking at, is it an unpaid negative item? Once the balance is zero, it's no longer an unpaid negative item. Score increases. Score doesn't read details. The score doesn't know if you settled an account or if you paid it in full. It's more along the lines of outside lender perspective, reading the actual details. But if your score is so high, they may not even look at the details.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well that, okay, so it sounds like to me, there's some options there when it comes to the settling of the debt and the collections. You can either pay it in full, ask for deletion, you could pay a percentage of it, you know, a lower percentage of it, kind of negotiate that with your with whoever the creditor is. Yeah. But as long as it's a zero balance at the end of the day, it's helping you.
0: Absolutely. Says,
2: um, you know, settled or paid in full or all those different terminologies. Like you just want to make sure it's at a zero. Absolutely. But but if you got too many, that still could hurt you too, because you're saying that they sometimes, you know, like underwriters will look really into it and be like, hey, this doesn't make us feel absolutely comfortable. Even though you don't have any of the debt, it seems like you went through some struggles recently and maybe we don't want to take that risk right now. Um, Very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, So I would say, I mean, but to me it's helpful because, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people know just how much you can like how much you can actually settle for. I think you had like a student recently that like settled. I think they had like a $9,000 and they settled it or something like that.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I so, oh my gosh. I cannot wait until the final result of this client's goal is home ownership. And that one account was literally keeping them from getting approved. Great credit score. But because that balance was so high, the lender's like, nope, nope, we ain't touching you. Why? Think about it, guys. Even if you have, and yes, you can have a 700 plus score and have one unpaid collection item. Why? Because that mathematical formula, chances are there's more positives than negatives. Therefore, your score is that high. Just because you have a 700 plus doesn't mean you're going to get approved for everything. Again, every lender has different criterias. When it comes to real estate, if you've got high balances like a $9,000 balance, they don't care how high your score is. What they care about is protecting their investment. If they let you borrow money to buy a house and that creditor takes legal action, sues you and places a $9,000 lien on that property... That's what lenders are looking at. They don't want liens on their properties. And the higher these balances are on your credit reports that are unpaid, especially if it's still within the statute of limitations, they're like, no, we ain't touching you. You better figure it out. So sure enough, thank goodness to my coaching. We about to save her 8,800 bucks. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And get the house.
2: Ooh, there it Ah.
0: is. So was it worth that one hour session? I don't know.
2: 8,800
0: bucks. Is that worth it to you? Home ownership hey. worth it to you?
2: Yeah. I don't know about the one hour session though. I'm talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no. Yes. The one coaching. hour meaning she talked to me for one hour, got the information, oh, but yes. coaching program all That's in right. all. There you go. Because yes, I mean, you only get so much in the 60 minutes.
2: Yep. Yep. Whole Absolutely. coaching
0: program, you get a whole lot more stuff.
2: Yeah. And I mean, is it worth it? Are you kidding me? I mean, like for me, I won't get specifics into my situation, but I'll just say I definitely saved thousands of yeah. thousands of dollars um, just from your advice and, you know, giving me the right guidance. Um, yeah. And I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't know. I didn't know going in. I had, you know, prepared myself to spend a lot more. But after talking to you, you were like, uh, why are you paying that? You don't have to do that? And I'm like, <laughs> what? I don't have to do this. Yeah. And Because I, 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 the, the cool thing about it though, it wasn't like, you weren't trying to give me a way to, to to get out of it. That was one thing that you made very clear. It wasn't that you know you're very much someone who believes in paying what you owe. Like you know you 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 know you owe this. You need to pay yeah. it. Like you're responsible. I
0: am it. not definitely one of those that are like, give me your stuff. I will delete everything. and You don't yeah, have to no. worry about nothing. Yeah. No. No. That that's not a part of our core values.
2: Yeah. No. That wasn't the vibe at all. You were like, hey, you know, let's do the right thing by this, but let's be smart also. Like this yes. is this is how everyone can win in this. And this is kind of how you want to do it. And it felt good to me because it, it aligned with my values too, because I didn't yeah. want to, I don't want to, you know, I feel horrible that I'm in the situation where I couldn't pay the things that I had owed, um, you know, but I also want to do right and, and make sure I can make right and everyone wins. And you, you definitely, definitely helped me out with that and ended up saving thousands of dollars. Um, and I know there's more even to come. There's more things that I'm doing, but, um, I'm just like man. That's this just is cool. saving
0: you thousands. Imagine making thousands. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yes.
2: <laughs> All right, so um, let's go ahead and, and wrap this up. Uh, what's one last thing you'd like to tell the people when it comes to selling their debt? You know, sometimes it feels like such a heavy weight on their shoulders, such a just a an insurmountable kind of thing. Sometimes it's like, man, how am I ever going to get out of this? How ever re- recover? You know, I don't know where to begin. You know, what mm-hmm. do you have to say to those people who are just feeling like? The weight of the world is on them with the debt.
0: Absolutely. When it comes to managing debt, it can definitely put huge amounts of weight on your shoulders. It can stress you out. When you're stressed out, guess what? The family's stressed out. The household is everything. Everything could be a mess. But no, guys, it doesn't have to end up that way. You definitely need to get with the right people who's going to not only tell you how to resolve it, but how to resolve it in a way that's going to benefit you the most. What are your goals? What are your desires? What keeps you up at night? These are the types of conversations you need to have with the right financial coaches. And if your coaches are asking you these things, it means because they truly care about you. It's not about just, okay, settle this out okay bye you're on your way it's about being a part of the entire process all the way through and actually seeing those results form so just know if you are feeling stressed out you feel there's no light at the end of the tunnel or you just desire to have more cuz you're sick and tired of being where you're at definitely connect with me guys there's so many options that are out there we cannot rely on youtube university for everything Yes, it's great to have all kinds of information, but is it the right game plan for your situation that's going to get you to the next level you want to be? And if no longer living paycheck to paycheck is one of those goals, we need to make that happen. How? Looking at your finances. Are you, you know, really living paycheck to paycheck by force or is it by choice? So let's sit down look at your finances, get things together and let's get you out of debt in the most strategic and efficient way possible.
2: Right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys in the next episode.
1: Thanks guys.